This podcast is in association with Spotlight Studios, a family of podcasts driven to create unique, one-of-a-kind content. If you have any interest in learning more, please visit SpotlightStudiosPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Green Room, our deep dive, deep, deep, deeper dive into everything movies have in store for us. And today we're going a little bit deeper into American Psycho 3. Two, one, the limelight. I don't even ever want to read the book American Psycho just because of how different it is than this movie. The book and this movie are two different things. They have the same title with decent comparisons between the two, but what Mary Heron and Guinevere Turner, what they chose to do is they took out the smut and the hinted misogyny. Men versus women in that same sense. The book was just almost disgusting. Like he literally kills a little kid at the zoo and they did not want to have to keep that in there. They can show a type of violence and a type of fear that Patrick Bateman has without having gore behind it. Being directed by a woman and rewritten by a woman makes it such a unique aspect, such a unique look. It's interesting that she put a flag on this movie. She rewrote the book to fit the screen to adapt in the way that she wanted it done. And she believed in it so much that she spent all that time writing and just staying with it. Even though she was fired, she came back and still agreed to direct it. You could tell it really meant a lot to her to tell this kind of a story. She worked on several different TV series, but her big one was I Shot Andy Warhol. That was from 1996. I'm assuming what landed her this directing position here. A lot of people would talk about uh, Anthony Perkins in Psycho and say, you know, once you play a villain like that, you never get to play anything else. When you think American Psycho, you think of Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. 100%. Definitely. Christian Bale took this role and made it his own. If it wasn't for him, you might not even really remember too much about it. Just some fantastic choices that both by direction and by Christian Bale that just together meld so well. We talk about who could have done it. It was only Christian. It really was only Christian who could have done it. So. And, the, and the director knew that. She said she's not going to direct this movie without him. It shows why. They were on the same wavelength. Maybe. She knew he was a little fucking freak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she needed it. She knew it. She needed it. I could never really view him just as a villain because you laugh at him, you know, never with him at all. So I was never really concerned and took, didn't take any of those career suicide threats seriously. Exactly. It sort of was exciting. The process, mm. the process and how this got put together. And the author said something really interesting while responding to, did these things happen? Did they not happen? He said, in a book, you can be way more ambiguous with these things. Mm-hmm. When you see something visually, it's truth. And so in a film, you have such a hard time building that ambiguity and did he, didn't he, and he, he commended the writers in um, the almost impossible task of trying to portray the reality or lack thereof of this story that we're being told. Mary Heron even says this herself. One thing I think is a failure on my part is people keep coming out of the film thinking it's all a dream. And I never intended that. I think it's a feeling of mine in, in, in the final scene that I, I just got the emphasis wrong because I should have left it just more open-ended. It makes it look like it, might all, it was all in his head. And it's as far as I'm concerned, it's not. As a director, 
Yeah. To not do too much or not do too little Mm -hmm. to give ambiguity to the audience to make their own decision. You don't want to give too many clues. It's definitely, as the author said, almost an impossible task to do. For me, when I look at that as an audience member, it's like, okay, you look at all those clues. It seems like it was just in his mind. What do you think? Not actually doing it, making it all up in his head takes away his responsibility. I just truly think he committed those crimes. Maybe not all to the extent it's in the same thing as of his narcissism and grandeur of it all i killed 20 maybe 40 some of these things happened and some of these things didn't and i truly think that that's the case here a lot of things he made up in his own head but a lot of things he actually did and you cannot take that deniability away from him i can't watch the movie and say it's made up in his head because that seems too easy for me i want to hold patrick bateman responsible for the horrors he's caused truthfully well, you know, when I was growing up, there were no female film directors that I knew of, apart from Lenny Riefenstahl. So it just never occurred to me that I could be a director. And I, I, I was so embarrassed that anybody thought that I could make a film one day. It's like, no, of course I couldn't make films. Bringing it back to the director, Mary Heron, she brought the sensitivity out Absolutely into it. Absolutely, she and, did. And she found the comedy within that really heinous book and made it really a beautiful art piece. You know, as I was on a lot of shoots and it took me ages to get the chance, five years to get the chance to direct. And then I realized, actually, you just have to know what you want. The director is the conductor of the orchestra and everyone else has the expertise and you have to ha- you have to control the tone and the picture and the overall sort of vision of it and it was both of them together her and Christian Bale as a tag team duo and the respect that they gave each other to allow these scenes to take place with trust and that's why they're so beautiful and authentic and genuine is and and freaking funny they allowed to trust each other in these scenes. When you think about this movie and it's been around for about 20 years, you think of more of the, of the comedic parts of the movie, yeah. the more absurdity of these personalities and these in this society that these people are living in. I think someone who has t- in touch with that sensitivity would would be able to do that. Absolutely. It just adds this other layer that I don't think if it was directed by a man that it would have. I also don't know if it would have half as many female characters, but who knows? Or they would be in it for less less periods of time. There's just a lot of ladies in this movie and I really enjoyed that. I think for me, I agree with a lot of the economic inequality. I love that part of this movie. I love the cynicism. I think that's what creates a lot of the comedy in this movie. Yeah. From watching it as normal people is seeing the disconnect. They just don't even live in our world. But I think most importantly to me, what I think it was about is the repression of identity and self in order to conform and find power and success in this world. Mm-hmm. I think that was, for me, that was one of the biggest things that I really, that really resonated with me. Just what that can do to a human being and to your spirit if you're not true to yourself or if you don't have that love and that that sense of identity and pride in yourself. I think really the toxicity in that environment that he had not only put himself in, but excelled in is really what killed and was cancerous to his soul, brought him to doing these unspeakable acts or to even think that way, uh, whether we're saying if he did them or not. So yeah, I think for me, it's it's really a, a repression of self and just a destruction of identity and what that can do to the human psyche. At its core, this is... <laughs> This is a cynical black comedy. I don't think that it's been done to this extent or as well since American Psycho. Uh, The introduction to the genre, essentially, and honestly, kind of the peak of the mountain when it comes to it. The way this movie will make you laugh and 
shiver in horror uh, minute to minute. Yeah. It's really incredible. Truly. It's really an incredible thing that they achieved with this one. It was something that she saw out of the book, pulled it out and believe in it so much that mm -hmm. she said, I'm not even going to take this money to direct it unless I'm with Christian Bale. And you could just see how authentic it was, a project that someone cared so much about. And it was beautiful. For this show, that's the perfect movie for. Well, yeah. the most exciting part about that is the narration that I think that occurs throughout. Because we are given an in-depth look at this person's thoughts, at its core, he is a psycho. He is an unreliable narrator. Whenever you go through this whole film through his eyes, you're kind of faced with these cruxes. You're like, wait, is that? Is that what really, like, it's, that's the interesting part about this movie. You're getting an in-depth look at this person's life, but at the same time, maybe you're not. What do you like about Patrick Bateman? What do I like? Yeah. Um, I like nothing about him. I mean, he's a completely unredeeming <laughs> character. He finds himself in so many ridiculous situations and reacts in such a ridiculous manner. You know, he's certainly somebody that I wouldn't want to, you know, be uh, at a table with and eating, but I'd certainly want to eavesdrop on his conversation. All of our resources will be found in the show notes or on the website. Please check them out if you have any questions.